On this episode of the Break in the Game Show, I am without my buddy Austin Carr, who will not be with us this week on Breaking the Game, but I am joined by a good friend and president of the Off the Ball Network, Chris LeBron. We discuss his takes on Paul Pierce getting dismissed from ESPN. We talk about DeMarcus Cousins being a Los Angeles Clipper. We give some love to some teams who really don't get a lot of discussion in the Denver Nuggets, Phoenix Suns, and Utah Jazz. And we close out by discussing the top 25 players under the age of 25. This was a great show. Had a really good time talking with Chris. You're not going to want to miss this one. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Break in the Game show here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. I'm Steven Gillespie, and as you can see, if you're watching, I am Austinless right now, but I am not alone because when you have the ear of your boss, you can kind of get you you can kind of get a little bit of extra help and stuff like that. So today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Not only is he my boss, he's my good friend. That's Mr. President of the Off the Ball Network, Chris LeBron. Chris, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, brother. That's a hell of a that's a hell of an intro. So uh, that you know, boss, you know, uh, it feels weird. That's you know a little, but no, I appreciate I appreciate the intro and uh, happy to be on, brother. Oh man, happy to have you. And uh, just to let everyone know, now up front, Austin is not going to be joining me at all this week uh, on our show. Granted, we were on the other day, our good friend, Vice President of the Off the Ball Network, Mo, Mo Murphy, showed the Up in Flames podcast. Go and check that out. He was kind enough to host both of us on his show at the same time. First time that's ever happened. And it was great, like you would expect. But um, Chris, before we get into the show today, got to pay a little bit of the bills, brother. You know how it is. Uh, just yes, want to remind everybody that support for Breaking the Game is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. You're looking and talking to two of them right now. Chris and I are part of these 2 million men. We trust them with our family jewels. They have not let us down. And I want to let everyone know that we have an exclusive offer for our listeners today. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BTG or to help my buddy Chris out here, OTBN at manscaped.com. Pick one of those. Both of those will let you know that either Chris or I sent you. We're good friends with the people over at Manscaped. They'll hook you up with a deal. Just let them know that we sent you. Chris, what do you think about Manscaped, man? It's, it's pretty good stuff, right? Oh, yeah. It, it's it's very, very good to get things off the ball. Hey, look at that. Yeah. They're kind of breaking the game of men's below the waist grooming, right? That they are. That <laughs> they are. It really is good products, though. Like it's it's you get a nice little kit, you know. You get you get the the refresher and all that. Obviously, the lawnmower 3.0 is is an amazing tool, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so uh, it, it's a, it's it really is a great product, and and uh, you know uh, everything they do at Manscape is great. So make sure you yeah, use promo go OTBN. Uh, 
off the ball. You can use promo code off the ball if you want to, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Manscaped's great. Lawnmower 3.0 is an excellent tool, you know. Uh, so yeah, make sure to head all over to Manscaped. Absolutely. All right, man. So we got a great show lined up for y'all today. And I couldn't think of a better person to have on to discuss some of these things, right? And the the person that we're going to lead off with today, I'm kind of curious, Chris, to get your take on it so I know how I can operate as a part of the Off the Ball Network, right? I want to know kind of what's expected of me as a contributor, as a as an ambassador of the great Off the Ball Network. But to get things going, Paul Pierce, the truth, was fired, was let go from ESPN. <laughs> um, and this has been kind of a um, polarizing discussion, as you may think. Uh, Paul Pierce was seen on Instagram live like he kind of just put it out there himself. He wasn't caught. You know, he was broadcasting himself. Uh, I don't know where he was, if he was in a home, if he was in a quote unquote business. Uh, not sure where he was, but he was with, uh, you know, some lady friends of his. And uh, the, the the terms of the events weren't disclosed, but you, you can kind of go and let your imagination do the wondering for you. I was seen with what appeared to be some sort of a par- you know, some sort of drug paraphernalia he was smoking whether or not some it was lettuce. Some, some lettuce, lettuce. <laughs> yep some 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 lettuce and uh he was smoking i can't do it from where i work but you know he was seen smoking a marijuana cigarette and was drinking alcohol nothing wrong with that but um it was just kind of i don't know what's the term that you would use chris for for how paul pierce was exhibiting himself in this video uh, it was definitely in YOLO mode. That's for sure. <laughs> it definitely wasn't YOLO. It, <laughs> sometimes, it, so some people in the chat have brought up like conspiracy. Like he kind of did this to like get out of it. And it, I don't know. I kind of believe it. Because why else would you do it? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you're I have for, no you're idea. working for Mickey Mouse Disney. Like, you know, you can't do that. And like, it doesn't make sense, but hey, you know, if that's what he wanted, then that's what he wanted. But it, it, when I saw the video, I thought it was like photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know people are really good at that, so like, especially, I mean, we see plenty of photoshops and and editing where it's like, well, wow, that's real. I thought that was it. I was like, oh, I'm like, and then <laughs> then realized it wasn't. It's really on his IG and all that. I was like, wow, couldn't believe it. It couldn't believe it. It was. It's funny, but then it's also like damn all that to you know he's making over a million i think million and a half at espn i mean i'm sure he's listen he's probably well off financially i'm sure he's good but still to get a million and a half dollar check you know every every year to talk about basketball i mean that's a good deal but hey maybe he just wanted out of me you know uh out so it's crazy man it's crazy it really is and one of the one of the first things i thought of and it's been discussed from other people too, is like, I hope he's okay. You know, because yeah, we've, we've seen celebrities theory. kind of, um, I, I'm not saying that, that Paul Pierce never did anything like this before tonight, but we know one thing that he's never really broadcasted it before. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, when you see a celebrity exactly. do something like this, I'm not saying that it is the, I'm not breaking any news. This is just conjecture. This is mm-hmm. speculation on my part. I, we don't really ever see celebrities do something like this. 
unless maybe like, like rappers on, and like to that extent, but like professional athletes, we definitely don't television see personalities like that have a job on ESPN. Like we, you don't see that now. You don't see it, and you don't see anything like this unless it's like the beginning of you know. I don't even want to. Um, I don't even. I feel just weird even saying it, but you, you maybe like on the decline of what they're gonna be, you know, professionally. And yeah, I hope it's not the case. Exactly. This is the like the start of like like create. You see binges like you know drug binges and you know people who just go through these these downward spirals in this in their life. And this is kind of the start. And I don't know. I hope this is not the start. I hope it was just the. It, it was just a night that just got a little bit out of hand and a little bit too much to drink and smoking. And it just, it messes up your equilibrium and you just mm-hmm. do stuff that you probably, you know, would, wouldn't do on a regular basis. So, you know, we'll, you know, I hope it's not, doesn't lead to him going down a path that we don't want to see any athlete go through that. But unfortunately we've seen correct athletes, celebrities, you know, we, we hear, we know the stories of, of a bunch of, celebrities and athletes and and even just regular people who have gone through this so let's hope it's nothing more than just a one night he just got a little out of hand and and you know uh broadcasted live on instagram let's just hope it's just one incident yeah and he took to social media afterwards you know the next day after he had tweeted like just got up and it was like at eight o'clock in the evening or something like it was really weird but uh, he took to social media and said you know that he's got big things coming I've heard reports that certain adult entertainment industries have like <laughs> offered him so you know, <laughs> money to money to like cover an NBA event on their website and stuff like that. So, I mean, he's probably not going to be short of people extending him offers. I just hope that he's OK. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Let's just hope it's nothing more than just like I said, a l- <laughs> having too much fun on a night, like I said. But, you know, he's probably well off and he probably doesn't even care. I mean, like I said, he's made a lot of money, so. <laughs> Good, you yeah. know. Uh, let's just hope he's good, though. That is that is very important. Make sure his mental health is straight. Yeah, I, there's just so much. And one thing that I just gotta ask you, Chris. Uh, not that I would ever do this. It's not really my nature as a person. But let's just say, since I got you on here, if if I was to do something similar to this, you think that you could cut me, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to disclose that. I just thought it'd be funny. I just thought it'd be funny. I would be dying. <laughs> I don't even know how I would react if that were to happen with, with you or anyone. I just, I don't know. I'd be like, we're having a hell of a time. Hey. <laughs> All you right. Just, we don't, we don't, we don't have, we don't have to get too much more. In no, that would be funny though. I just thought I, about it. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be funny to ask on the show, but anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just hope for the best for Paul Pierce. I hope that he's okay. And, you know, obviously yeah. he, he's got it. He's done enough in his life to where he should be, you know, all right. If he never works another day in his life. Right. But yeah, let's hope that financially for sure. <laughs> let's hope he can still do with the stuff that he loves to do. But all right. Speaking of doing things that, you know, that you love to do. Marcus Cousins, you know, kind of unceremoniously was brought into the Houston Rockets earlier this season. And yeah. they had the whole fallout with James Harden and James moved on. DeMarcus was cut and then we were kind of left wondering what's next for DeMarcus Cousins because really didn't get injured actually played somewhat decent for a guy who hasn't got a lot of burn in the NBA lately Mm -hmm. Um, but 
we just found out, you know, the other day that DeMarcus Cousins was signed by the Los Angeles Clippers. And in his first game, he only played seven minutes, but he had, what, seven points, four rebounds, a couple of assists. So, I mean, moving as good as you would expect a player like him in his shape and condition mm-hmm. and stuff like that to be moving. Um, how much of a needle mover is this for you, um, Chris? Is it Does it move the needle in terms of competition or does it tug at your heartstrings more than anything else? I've always loved DeMarcus Cousins. Like, I know people have soured over him because, you know, his game hasn't translated to wins and the technicals and sometimes he, his outlashes and all that. But to me, it kind of resembled how I used to play basketball. Obviously, I'm not six foot 11, but it kind of pretty close. Similar, I'm sick, you know, only a foot off. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, just I always loved his, his passion and all that. And I just felt like, you know, in Sacramento, they just didn't. Vladi didn't get it done. Let's just be real. We all know Vladi did not get it done. Really nice way to put it. You know, uh, and then, you know, the injury, and then he goes to New Orleans and all that. And then that's when just everything just started going downhill with injuries and all that. But it it was worth it for the Clippers, you know, to get another big, you know, along with Zubox, you know, um, it's worth it. You know, um, I I was worried, you know, the Houston thing, you know, obviously it looked well because you have James Harden and and maybe John Wall, him and John Wall being back together since for the first time since they were at Kentucky. It, it uh, I thought it would it would work out better, but obviously you know Houston just went on full tank mode once James Harden was dealt and all that. So you kind of saw the writing on the wall for Demarcus and Houston. I was worried because he didn't look great also in Houston. You know, had some moments, but you know mm-hmm. it's moments, right? A lot of guys you know have had moments, but it's all about consistency, especially for a guy who was so consistent, twenty five and twelve, and then you see uh, he's a shell of himself and. You know, I was worried about maybe this is this is the it of his NBA, you know, journey. Maybe he's got to go overseas and, and do that. I was really worried, but Clippers picked him up, and he had options too, uh, a few options. You know, the Knicks were in consideration, the Lakers and all that. I'm sure there were other teams, but um, I'm happy for him. Um, I'm rooting for him. Uh, he, he deserves it, and, you know, he, he, he looked all right. He looked all right in, in, the, in the last game. Um his first game with, with the Clippers. So, you know, he's not going to be expected to play heavy minutes, which is good. You know, he's going to, he's going to come off the bench, you know, for Zubak and, and uh, give them some solid minutes for the rest of the season. So rooting for him big time. I'm a huge DeMarcus fan and, you know, it sucks the way his career is going, but, you know, hopefully he stays healthy. And, and I think if he's healthy, even though he's not, we're, listen, we're not going to, we ain't going to get the old boogie. You know, mm-hmm. but he could still provide you some solid depth as a backup big and, you know, give you some quality minutes. So I'm, I'm rooting for him big, and hopefully this works out for the Clippers because if it, if, if it doesn't work out here, man, it, it's just the way the league's going, uh, it, 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 it could look bleak for him. So I'm rooting for him. Hopefully he has success, and uh, let's see what the Clippers could do because the Clippers – you know, have it really, they have a championship team. Listen, we all know how it ended last year, but they still have a hell of a team. And mm-hmm. to add Boogie to that team, you know, gives them another, some more umph off the bench. So uh, let, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for Boogie uh, for the rest of the season. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking about a guy who was what three or four from the floor that night. Like I said, in seven minutes, if you, if you score a point a minute, that's not too bad. And exactly. Chris, exactly. You were talking about moments and, you know, things like that. When you have a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, 
the name in of itself is enough to just draw interest. And if he can give you moments, that's fine. I mean, we exactly. the, the NBA is full of players that can give you moments. When you were talking about, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, my mind immediately went to Boban Marjanovic. Like, he doesn't get a lot of burn for the Dallas Mavericks, but in certain yeah. matchups, they put him in. If a player is out for the night, they'll put him in and give him extended burn, things like that. Maybe DeMarcus can give the Clippers a little bit of that. And you mentioned where they are in the standings right now. They're third in the Western Conference. Probably going to finish close to that based on mm-hmm. current injuries and things like that. Um, maybe they're hoping for a little bit of what the Nets got with, you know, Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, a, a, a former all-star, former all-NBA level player uh, who on the right team with enough weapons around him, there won't be so much of a focus on him. Exactly. That they can get something good out of him. Probably not to the level of what the Nets are getting out of Blake in L.A., but, you know, you could get you could still get a little bit of something. People love DeMarcus Cousins. Rondo's on the team now. They're reunited on the team exactly. again for the third time. So yeah. there's a little bit of chemistry building, things like that. So I don't know. I, I like the move for the Clippers. You could do a, a lot worse for a vet minimum contract to fill out your roster and then add a player like DeMarcus. Especially there's Cousins. no big there was no bigs available that was even worth it. So why not just give him a shot and like I said, give him a little fountain of youth. You know, they'll support him. So, you know, he'll have that, you know, and like you said, Rondo's there too. Mm-hmm. So that helps a lot too. I mean, him and Rondo in Sacramento was good. Him and Rondo in New Orleans was good. So maybe they can find a little bit, you know, a little something off the bench together. So, you know, we'll see, but I'm rooting for him. I am too. So we're giving a lot of love to our guy, DeMarcus Cousins here. We're hoping for the best for Paul Pierce. And before we move on, just kind of want to, Reset, reset the show here. We have uh, my good friend, president of the Off the Ball Network, Chris LeBron here on Breaking the Game on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please go to offtheballnetwork.com for all of your sports needs. And shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, enter promo code BTG for a free 20% off and free shipping. Just enter promo code BTG or OTBN, and we can hook you up with a great deal. So, yes, sir. Chris, we were talking about all the love that we're giving for DeMarcus. You know, we're, we still love Paul Pierce, even though, you know, he's acting like a knucklehead, you know, to borrow a Charles Barkley phrase here. But um, we want to keep giving love and maybe just some teams that really deserve the love, man, but they're not getting it because of the markets that they're in, their their recent history, or maybe just their entire, you know, professional history as an organization or a franchise. Um, we got some pretty high-listed teams, Chris, that – it feels like when we listen to anybody talk about them, they're like, oh, hey, this team won. But let's talk about the injury riddled Los Angeles Lakers or, hey, I'm did not, you guys <laughs> what's up with the Boston Celtics flirting with 500? You know, like, mm-hmm. let's or is Milwaukee for real this season? How how does Philly look when Embiid comes back? You know, Brooklyn has, you know, the the best talent that we've ever seen in the NBA assembled together on one team now. But we're ignoring the first, second, and fourth seed in the Western Conference. And what I want to do, I want to work my way up, Chris. And we're gonna start, we're gonna start digging in on the nuggets on the show. They're fourth in the Western Conference right now. They're 33 and 18, five games back of first place. They're eight and two in their last 10, won seven straight. They recently added Aaron Gordon at the trade deadline. They had to give up a guy, I think, that we both like in RJ Hampton to yes. do so. But since they've done that. They've had the best starting five in the NBA with the net rating of plus 25. They look like they got some wiggle, some bounce, some umph in their game, and no one is really talking about the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. So 
the objective of the rest of this show, Chris, is for us to finally give these teams their just dessert. You know, let's give our due diligence to these teams and adequately cover them to the respect that they deserve. So, Chris, the Denver Nuggets, what makes them so special this season, man? I mean, obviously it starts with the big man, right? It starts with Jokic, and he's been phenomenal all season. I mean, phenomenal's not even – that's an understatement, actually. He's been – it's historical what he's doing, and, and it's special what he's doing. We we haven't seen – like, people always say, well, the, he has some Vladi. I'm like, no, he's Vladi times a billion. Like, he does so much more than just passing. It's just what he can do at the high post and all that and just initiate. How many seven-footers can initiate the offense? We, we just haven't seen a player like him. He's very unique. He's been going all year, but obviously they went through their struggles in the beginning of the season, right? They were, you know, flirting around the eight seed, but mm-hmm. the Aaron Gordon thing trade, you know, was huge for them. And I think they they kind of realized when you know uh, when they when they lost um, uh, Grant this offseason, yeah, that that was going to be bigger than what they. And even for me, I thought I, I thought it was going to be a, a loss, but I don't think we saw Jeremy Grant being, you know, a a borderline all-star this year because you know, the they team. they kept Paul Millsap. So we thought like, okay, yeah. this might be in for them to be all right. You know, exactly. And you were expecting Michael Porter to take a leap. And, and like you said, they, they drafted RJ Hampton and they, they did some good things. And you, you expected Jamal Murray to take up that, you know, you saw him in the bubble. He was, he looked, he's an all-star, right? That's the first, mm-hmm. that's a starting, you know, player in the all-star game. Like what we saw in the bubble. And he didn't look like that beginning of the season, right? So mm-hmm. they went through their struggles and all that, you know, defensively and all that. Not having Jeremy Grant was a bigger loss than they expected. So they realized, okay, we may not, we can't get Jeremy Grant back, right? That's not going to happen. So we have to get someone who can at least – who has the size that could be able to handle some of these wings. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Gordon just happened to ask for a trade, right? And yep. they're like, okay. And they pulled it off. Yes, they lost R.J. Hampton, and that's huge, right? We're big on R.J. Hampton, and he's going to do good things in Orlando, right? 100%. He's going to flourish, I think. He, 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 I think he's going to do very good things. But they're in win-now mode. So, yes, it hurts to lose an R.J. Hampton, but you, you have to do these things to in order to you know get to the main goal, right? You get to the conference finals last year. There's only one more step up, right? It's get to the finals. That's and right. they had to make a move to get to the finals. And Aaron Gordon – you know, has has been a very good for them. Though his ability to defend, he's six foot nine, what two hundred forty pounds. They just needed a big body like that, and that I think that's really been the difference. And what they're eight and two of their last ten games. Like I said, they're the four seed now. They could continue to climb up. They're a very dangerous team. They are a very Michael Porter's played great too of late too. Oh yeah, Maul Murray's getting back to being consistent because we would. Especially early on, it was just way too much inconsistency, right? He had a fifty-point game this year, I believe, you know, yep. and then he'll, you know, he'll drop. Uh, I think uh, the next game he didn't have. So, you know, him being more consistent up, and obviously Jokic just playing out of his out of his damn mind. Like it's <laughs> it's it's just so much fun watching him play, and like he's climbing because. Obviously, he was he's playing great all year, but early on, people were like, well, he can't put him in the MVP conversation as far as, far as like one, two, because he's eighth. You know, yeah. he's in the eighth seed. It's hard. It's going to be hard to give someone, you know, that now. But now the MVP race just got even more interesting, you know, mm-hmm. where it's Embiid and him. I mean, that it's going to go down to maybe the last, 
you know, week of games. So for Denver, man, they just play absolutely tremendous basketball late. And uh, it's been fun to watch because, like I said, Jokic is so much fun to watch. And like I said, the addition of Aaron Gordon has really taken this team to another level, especially defensively. So Denver is going to be a scary team again to watch because uh, they're they're just they got they got a lot of good pieces and uh, everything that to, they got everything what it takes to to get to that final because the West, especially with the Lakers, you know, bang very banged up. Like yep. you lose LeBron James, you lose AD, you are as banged up as banged up can be, and still trying to figure out if Phoenix is for real, Utah, the West is. The West could be, you know, Clippers are there. the Clippers are there, and, and you know we don't know how they they'll gel in the playoffs and all that. And you know, Dallas is up and down this year. Mm-hmm. The West could be done. So for Denver, they made the right move to take advantage and, and see if they can get to the finals. And you know, so far it's paying off. So we'll see how it works in the playoffs. But you know, Denver has been playing tremendous basketball late. Yeah, I mean, you got Aaron Gordon. He's not really putting up a lot of points, and I. I think people will hear us gush over the addition of Aaron Gordon like he's dropping mm-hmm. 50 a game, you know, like, no, he's playing a very much needed role. He gives them much the role. You just said it. He's playing his role. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He's playing the role that they needed very much like a Jeremy Grant, an athletic two way player shooting. And I think in what six game he's played now, he's shooting about 61% from the floor. Mm-hmm. Not really the the biggest threat from deep, but on this Denver team, man, like if you can if you can rim run, everyone else will worry about the three-point shooting. Don't even worry about it. You know, Aaron Gordon, you just run to the rim, you'll be exactly. okay. And you talked about Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's averaging almost a triple-double. He's just a hair under 9 assists a game, but he's averaging a double-double on points and rebounds. I mean, you talked about the MVP discussion. It literally may come down to the last man standing. You know, we use that expression <laughs> really all is, the yeah. time. But how appropriate would it be for this season? Whoever is the last man standing will be MVP because, you know, LeBron James has gone down. Embiid has gone down. Harden really is now is, out yeah. again for, what, 10 days? 10 days, so, yeah, yeah. That's like two or three games depending on their, on their schedule right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean – it almost by default has to be Nikola Jokic, doesn't it? And if Embiid misses more games, mm-hmm. you know, which is a high possibility because they want to make happen. the finals. They want to make the finals. They got to keep him fresh, which is a smart thing to do. You got to make sure he's healthy because he's had, listen, he's had a, his injury history has, is huge. I mean, he missed two and a half seasons to start off his career. Yeah. So they got to have to, you know, preserve him and make sure he's good. So Jokic can win this strictly off just guys just getting you know just falling off you know <laughs> injuries you know it happens hey you know for good for him if he can get it but he's also he's also is definitely deserving of regardless course. if those guys were healthy or not he deserves it because I mean <laughs> twenty six he's averaging twenty six a game shooting eighty five percent from the free throw line forty two from three fifty seven percent field goal percentage I mean you know. It's just nine assists a game. Yeah. Yeah. Double digit rebounds. Almost triple double a game from a guy who, you know, you look at him, you're like, "Eh." you know, it just, and he's just doing, this is a second round pick. And this is why I think developing what they've done in Denver has just been great. Like they developed Mm -hmm. their guys. I mean, this guy was a second round pick. 
you know, Porter Jr. was a yeah. like into the lottery guy. They took because, a chance on Michael Porter with the back issue, right? Because he would have been the number one pick if he doesn't have the back issues. Jamal you know, Murray was Jamal Murray was, a top pick. was the back end. You know, uh, you know, uh, I think he was ninth or tenth mm-hmm. in the class. You know, Will Barton. You know, and they just been able to just do great things. So uh, let's see what they do. But you know, that MVP race is going to be interesting to see. You know, if Embiid misses more games. Like you said, it might be Jokic's, you know, to have. It, it, he could be the MVP, and uh, you know what a run because he's this phenomenal season. Yeah, there's more players that I would put in this conversation, but I want to stick to the intent of tonight's show. We're gonna give nothing but love to the teams that deserve it. We're not gonna deflect attention off of them. All right, so I feel like we adequately discussed the Denver Nuggets. We dig the Nuggets, Now let's talk about the bright shining Suns in Phoenix. So. They're the second seed in the Western Conference, Chris. They're at 36 and 14. They're only a game and a half back of the Utah Jazz. That win that they just had against them last night mm-hmm. in overtime certainly helped close the gap for them. They are nine and one in their last 10. They are winning, they are winners of seven straight. And Chris, how about this? Since they were eight and eight and lost three in a row in the month of January, they have never lost more than one game in a row since January. <laughs> How insane is that? They've been impressive. Like, I thought they would definitely be a playoff team, top five seed. You couldn't tell me that they're only, they'll be a game and a half behind the number one seed. I just didn't see this coming. But, you know, credit to Monty Williams uh, and what he did in the bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's crazy how, because we were, a lot of people were skeptical, right? Well, is the bubble going to translate to this season, right? Because, it, it, you know, it's different, you know, the different environment. You know, everyone's going to be traveling more, you know, going to be in their stadiums. It's not going to be everyone. So, you know, everyone was kind of worried, like, will it translate what the Suns did? Yep. It has, you know, and Monty Williams, to me, deserves a lot of credit for that. Obviously, they got CP3 and and everyone has gotten better, but Monty Williams deserves a lot of credit. Because at one point, this team, before that 8-0 bubble start, they were a team that people were saying, is Booker going to be on the block? You know, Monty Williams, one and done. You know, everyone, oh, James, Jones, yeah. James, James Jones is going to get fired mm-hmm. uh, as the, as the GM. What is he doing? He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, they're a mess, blah, blah, blah. They're the Knicks of the West. People are talking about, and then they go eight. No. And then they go, they, they, they see that as like, okay, we got to take What can we do to get better? Boom. They get CP three. Mm-hmm. And it, they have just been, the defense has been on lock. Offense is on point. They do it. They, they're a, they're one of the most balanced teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, Mikel Bridges, I mean, he he's he's phenomenal, right? He's had a phenomenal yes. I, I didn't see him being this good coming out of Nova, and he's been absolutely tremendous. DeAndre Ayton's been good. Obviously, Devin Booker, all-star, and then C, it's CP3. Cam he's Johnson, doing, too. Cam Johnson, too, right? They've had like everyone playing their roles, Jay right? Yeah, Jay Crowder. I mean, Jay, wherever team Jay Crowder goes to, <laughs> they're going to win. It's just it, – it's – to me, if you're a play, if you're a playoff team and you're looking to take that next step, you go get Jay Crowder. Because yep. wherever he goes, it just <laughs> seems like they just, you know, ever since Boston got rid of Jay Crowder, they haven't been the same. Yeah. You know, Miami go last year, so they go to the finals. At least you'll get to the finals. You may not win it, but hey, at least you're gonna get there with Jay Crowder. But mm-hmm. it's just having all these guys, you know, fit in their role, and you know, it's just it's been fun to watch with them. You know, that rise and Devin Booker. You know he keeps getting disrespected. I don't know why. It, it, that you know he's he's a baller. He, he's he's so good. You know I, I don't get why people 
not give him his flowers. He deserves it. But CP3 has mm-hmm. been great. You know, the fountain of youth in Phoenix. They said there's always, you know, you know, the older you get to go to Phoenix <laughs> to retire. But, you know, it hasn't, hasn't it's not the case for CP3. He's found the fountain of youth there. And him and Booker, you know, they've just gelled so well. And Monty's doing great there. And, you know, it, it's been good to watch. It's been fun to watch. So, uh, it, man, it, it's one game and a half out of first place. Who would have thought that with the Suns? You know, like I said, before the bubble, this team was people talking about blowing up this team. And now <laughs> look at they're one of the best teams in the West and in the NBA period. So it's been fun to watch uh, the rise of the Suns. Yeah. I, even with the addition of Chris Paul said, okay, this Phoenix Suns team that like finished perfectly in the bubble and still couldn't make the play in tournament. You know, adding Chris Paul, I'm like, okay, they'll be like the fourth or fifth seed in mm-hmm. the Western Conference season. And I thought that I was giving them adequate love and recognition. I thought that I was doing my part and saying, like, okay, like this, they're, they're going to turn things around in Phoenix. They they'll make maybe the even the fourth seed. Now here they are. They are likely going to finish second in the Western Conference. I mean, it's going to be at worst third in the Western conference. And even still, that's much higher than I expected coming into the season. And Chris Paul, we, we talk about him and the impact he's had on this team. He's one of these kind of paradoxes that you look at on the floor and then you look at analytically like, yeah, the advanced stance love Chris Paul, but Mm -hmm. Chris, what if I told you that their best player is averaging 16 points a game and they're the second best, team in the western conference like something about the number 16 and best player and second in the west doesn't like it doesn't compute in my head but you know what do i know but you know he's averaging almost five rebounds a game nine assists a game shooting 49 37 and 93 from the floor he's he's a cheat code man and he's just like he and this is one thing that like ring culture will always drive me nuts with this aspect because if he does not, and I hope he does, but if he does not finish his career with one ring, history is not going to remember him adequately. It's just not because nah, what do we constantly focus on is that ring. Chris Paul is a winner, dude. Like he has brought teams that have no business being good and he has made them good ever since that OKC team foot. last year. Let's like <laughs> that's, that's a perfect example. New Orleans Hornets when he was there, even mm-hmm. like. They had no business being as good as they were. You, the Clippers, with his with the injuries and everything else, the Houston Rockets in his short time there, even though the style of play on that team didn't fit him, he still made it work because he is the consummate floor general. Is he the nicest guy on the court? No. Is he going to try to get on your skin and be a, a prick on the basketball court? Absolutely. But if you're on his mm-hmm. team, you love him. If you're his coach, you love him. He makes your life simpler. He doesn't make it easier because you have expectations that you have to meet, but he makes your job simpler. And that's Mm -hmm. what I love so much about Chris Paul. And you mentioned it too with Devin Booker, like people are not going to give this guy his praise. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like adding Chris Paul is a double-edged sword because if you add Chris Paul, you know, you're going to win more. So there goes the whole, Oh, well, Devin Booker, his, his output doesn't equal wins. Well, now it's equaling wins. But now because Chris Paul's on the team, how much of it is because of Devin Booker? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like he can't win for losing on here for most people. I know people like us, though, Chris, we recognize the skill, the talent. To Mm -hmm. me, he's one of those kind of I'm not going to say he's going to be Chris Paul by the time both of their careers are done. But he is he's a winning player. It's just 
When's the last time he's had legit NBA talent on his roster, man? Yeah, it's it's it hasn't. And just look at his last his last four games. He's had 35, 36, 32, and forty five. And if you want to go back even farther than that, twenty one, and then a thirty five point game. I mean, it, it, I'm just tired of people dishes. And, and you know, when we'll get into that whole the list and all that, like mm-hmm. they had him, you know. They had Stupid it, so, low. It, it, it just didn't make sense. But he's he, he's a big reason. Like, he, you know, we all know he has the talent. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you need other talent to help elevate you. And Chris Paul has helped elevate. And Chris Paul has elevated. I mean, he made Cameron Payne back to being an NBA player. Cameron Payne at one point was mm-hmm. just known for all the, you know, the, the handshakes, the handshakes with, with, at OKC. And and listen, when he went to Chicago, he looked like a little. But there was a period where Cameron Payne did not look for me, did not look like an NBA player. He looked like no. a guy that should be going overseas or should be in the G League. And he's look, he's been solid for them. So he gives them solid minutes, right? I think he's averaging like ninety points a game, shooting around forty five percent. He's giving them solid minutes. Just yep. CP three's been able to elevate everyone's game, and it, it's been fun to watch. But but no, let's not be, let's not be frank, like. Devin Booker is still averaging what 27 a game. He is the engine. Like it, it goes how he is, but it helps to having a CP3 or four general like that, you mm-hmm. know, where you know he could set you or put you in spot. I mean, I remember watching, I forgot what game I was watching, but Chris Paul just he, he just telegraphed every every spot where where Booker was going. And it was just beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Like it just makes the game easier for Devin Booker, where yes. You know, he probably can average what Beal's doing, 33, 34 points a game. I and mean, he had a 70-point game, but they lost. Yeah. You know, how many games are those that, that can you take where you, you know, we see with Brad, he's having 50-point games and they're losing. There's nothing more frustrating than than doing that and losing. But yep. when you have a player like CP3 who just makes the game easy, he's going to put you in spots and make your job so much easier where you're going to get better looking shots and all that. And it does, you don't have to have the ball in your hand all the time. It just makes the game easier. So CP3 edition has been, it's definitely probably been the biggest addition of the, of the, of the season. Cause, and it shows in the play, they're just playing tremendous on both sides of the ball, right? Their defensive efficiency has been great. Offensive, they're, they're top five, I think in both. It, it's just, it's just been so much fun to watch. And how and how you know poetic would it be if Chris Paul does retire as a member of the Phoenix Suns and he's playing with the coach that that coached him when he was a rookie yeah, now yeah. in a different location? I, I just think that that's a, a neat. I root for Monty too, man. He deserves he deserves all this. He's he's been through a lot, and to see mm-hmm. him get another job first of all, um, and absolutely killing it right now. It's it's fun. It's it's good to see Monty you know, on top. Cause I've always think he was a great coach and glad he got another opportunity and, uh, and is, is doing a hell of a job. He got this team playing tremendous basketball. Yeah. Hands down. And you know, the Suns have definitely made questionable coaching decisions uh, <laughs> in recent sure. history. Listen, they uh, were the Knicks of the West, the yeah. new coach every year, turned the roster, you know, had talent, but they just underachieved on the but you know, they turned it around big time, you know, so good yeah. for Phoenix. That, I mean, to me, Omani Williams hire is a no-brainer if you're a team that has no direction. You know, like, that's it's a no-brainer. You run through a roll for him. Like, even in the bubble when they showed some mm-hmm. of, like, the bat, you know, the bat, you know, uh, off-the-court stuff, and you just see the guys, like, they're in tune. And, like, 
that and you would see you know how he would talk to the and like oh no i'm gonna run through a wall for this Mm -hmm. this man's been through a lot and just everything he says you know resonates with that team and he fits the culture he's changed the culture right and so Mm -hmm. we talk about with the with with teams that have struggled like the knicks and and phoenix and what minnesota we hope minnesota can do they have to change the culture and and sometimes all it needs is that 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 voice you know mm-hmm. that to lead these guys and and you know Monty's been like I said I run through off that man he he's he's tremendous. Yeah, his speech whenever he found out that this team, even though that they went undefeated into the bubble, that they weren't going to go. You know how he addressed mm-hmm. this team. I mean, mm-hmm. these are grown men, like they're millionaire players. That if you hear like any other team in a losing situation, people are making fun of a moment like this, saying, "Oh, look at this coach!" Like trying to give them a Coach Carter moment, mm-hmm. and they're making more exactly. money than him or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But no, Monty Williams, like he he bends the ear of those around him, and he he's a genuine guy. He's a player coach too. I mean, he's a former NBA player. On exactly. top of that, but that he, even gives him more respect when you're mm-hmm. a former player. You know, uh, hands down. So, all right. Speaking of more respect, man, we're gonna close it out as far as you know our focusing on you know teams that aren't getting their their due um credit recognition we're gonna finish it with all that jazz man so the utah jazz they are number one we just talked about how they were a game and a half ahead of the phoenix suns even though they just lost to them um last night in overtime they're 38 and 13 they've won eight or excuse me they went eight and two in their last 10 games and they're on a two game losing streak. So before that two game losing streak, they were eight. No. Um, and we've seen this with Utah earlier in the season where finally mm-hmm. after the all-star break, they lost a couple games and people were like, ah, here come the real Utah jazz. Nope. They, <laughs> they kept chugging along. So yep. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at this two game losing streak and think here come the real jazz. You know, will the real Utah jazz please stand up? Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. They've been standing up all season long, bro. So Chris, what do you think, about how the Jazz have been doing so far this season. And uh, just real quick before I give it to you, you know that I like to say that Utah has been the most cohesive team in the NBA since last season. You know, they've literally added maybe a marginal piece. I think the one piece they added in the offseason that really made a big change was Derek Favors, who used to actually play for Utah. So even the addition wasn't really Mm -hmm. a big chemistry changer. So what do you think about Utah and how they've played so far this season? it's a total team effort. Like I think they have what six or seven guys averaging like 11 plus, you know, points per game, mm-hmm. you know, so just everyone's just in sync. And, you know, what Quinn Snyder's done with this, another underrated coach that just doesn't get his due. Like, you know, this guy has been a tremendous coach, you know, uh, and, uh, but like they just play team ball, you know, and I know people bring up like those, those Hawk teams from a few years back. <laughs> The Rams, yeah, and and yeah, I get it because I think what people are trying to say is they don't like those are teams that yeah they were number one seeds and all that, but you never really believe that they were actually going to win it. And I know people say that about this Utah team, but especially like we just talked about before how the West is kind of wide open, Mm -hmm. right? Especially with Braun and, and AD out kind of wide open so especially right now like they have everything you want they could shoot the three well right very good at shooting they, they you know best rebounding team in the league you know they obviously they got the defensive play of the year rudy gobert you know um ingles is still doing this thing jordan clarks to come off the bench is, is a, has been you know a spark you know um and obviously donovan mitchell has been great you know 
they have they have the pieces to 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 get to the finals and win it. Like it's it's mm-hmm. not. And I kind of was skeptical on them early in the year because, like you said, they went through that little funk, and I was like, all right, maybe this, you know. Things are catching up to them. They maybe they're not as good. They just had a hot start. We've seen this with a lot of teams. They have the hot start and then they come back to reality. But this team, yeah, they lost two in a row. But you know, I'm not worried that you know. I mean, that they uh that this is going to turn into a, a huge slide and they're going to you know drop to a three or a four seed. Uh, I this team is very cool. And like you said, we mentioned for like the chemistry and all that. But this is a team that you know they had they dealt with the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. You know when the, when the world when the world went wild crazy and then stopped right. Rudy Gobert was mm-hmm. doing his whole touching everything and then boom he gets COVID and all that. People were like, you know, there's no way Donovan Mitchell and Rudy blow it Gobert up. could blow it up, right? You know, blow it up. Donovan Mitchell might want out. Blah blah blah. You know, trade Rudy. You hear Rudy trade rumors, and for them to be able to overcome that, because I believe there was true like animosity at. at at you know, I don't know how, how much, but there had to be some animosity because you know Donovan got COVID and all that. Like I would be pissed yeah. off too. You didn't take this serious, bro. And um But have you ever gotten they, mad at someone that you're close with before, Chris? Exactly. And and <laughs> the fact that they were able to overcome that and realize, okay, the bigger goal, like let's forget, hey, you know, what you did was silly, but hey, we're gonna overcome that. We're gonna stay together. People are already doubting us all that. And the beginning of the season, they're struck. I mean, I remember they played the Knicks. They came to the garden and the Knicks mm-hmm. beat them. And it seems like from that on, from that game on, they kind of just got together. Donovan Mitchell was not playing well at all. He was another guy who had a he was all bubble world, everything in the bubble, <laughs> right? He was all everything. You yep. know, he looked like a superstar. Then the beginning of the season, I remember going into that Knicks game, averaging around 19 a game shooting around you know high 30s he did not look the same and even in that right. game struggled and then ever since that game kind of took off and then rudy you know obviously everyone doing their playing their role clarkson obviously doing this thing off the bench Royce O'Neal giving them solid minutes you know um conley bogdanovich conley i mean listen i'm so happy conley got the, i know it was a replacement but the fact that this man is only a one-time all-star and that's because you know guys got hurt it is criminal because he's such a criminally under point guard like he's he, he he's really good and and except like had a down year last year people were really worried maybe a buyout guy you know mm-hmm. this year very you know came back you know better shape healthy and has played great basketball this season so everyone plays their role it's another and isn't it funny how we talk about these teams and they all every we all talk about these players playing their role it's same thing with Utah. They got a bunch of guys that can score, got a bunch of guys that can defend, everyone playing their role, great coaching. To me, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they're in the finals. Like, so it's been fun to watch them too, you know, you know, keep consistent since that early season struggles. And like I said, everyone's buying in. Like Donovan's, you know, elevating his game, you know, Rudy doing his thing. And it's fun to watch this team too. So uh, the, the West is – the West is for the first time we don't have that definitive though. Like last year it was Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, right? Yep. We didn't take Denver's really that serious. We were they were one of those teams like what we talk about with the Jazz now. Like, uh, you know, that's cute that they're in the conference finals, but they're gonna get smoked. And guess so what? let's talk about this other team now. But let's talk about the other let's talk about the Clippers <laughs> and the Lakers. And like and even when they even when Denver beat the Clippers, it's still like, Oh my god, how'd the Clippers lose? How did they do yeah. that? They kept they like, gave no, up Denver a one lead. Yeah, you know, Denver <laughs> won, like it's over. Like you stop talking about the Clippers, let's talk about Denver. And this mm-hmm. year in the West, it's like, like, 
one through eight can get like I even talk about Dallas. It's like Dallas could get hot and yeah. they could stun one of these top teams. So the West is going to be fun this year. I'm excited. I can't wait to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a fun playoffs. There's no doubt about that. And when you talk about this Utah Jazz team, Chris, we were actually Austin and I being on Mo Show the other day, the Up in Flames podcast. Please go check that out anywhere podcasts are available. Of course, of course. Uh, we were we we were talking about Utah Jazz and I said, you know, hey, look, everyone comparing them to these Atlanta Hawks teams, these Toronto mm-hmm. Raptor teams, these all these other teams that basically took the regular season as their NBA championship. Exactly. Um, let's not compare this Jazz team to them because no. I mentioned the cohesion. I mentioned that they're a good defensive team, three-point shooting team, rebounding team. They have a great head coach. But what separates the Jazz from those teams that you were mentioning other people comparing them to is they have a bona fide go-to scorer who can, on a, on a bad night, he can go and put the team on his back and, and carry that team being Donovan Mitchell. The, the Atlanta Hawks didn't have that. Even the Toronto Raptors, even though they had really good players on that team, no yeah, one could go and get you. They exactly. didn't have a go-to score, and that's what Donovan Mitchell is. And so when people are quick to compare these Jazz teams, uh, teams that I would like to compare them to are like, say, the Detroit Pistons when they were winning championships or maybe the Dallas Mavericks when they were winning championships. Oh, the, the Jazz teams that went to the finals. and The, the Jazz the team that goals. went to the finals. I mean, finals. they got your two guys. You, you got your big. I mean, not that. Gobert is is Carmelo, but I'm just saying, right. as far as the similarities, as far as having you two guys and then having a bunch of good role players, you know, I think they're very similar to the, the those Utah Eagles is your Matt Harpering or whatever. You know, you can yeah, go a number yeah, of different yeah. ways on her. Carson yeah. could be your Hornacek, like it, it, it's it's kind of similar as far as that, you know. Yeah, and so that's what that's what I look at when I see this Utah Jazz team because of there's so many stark differences compared mm-hmm. to them and these other teams. But I think that that's spot on analysis on your end on how the Jazz, yeah, they kind of came in a little underwhelming. And we talked about that a little bit with Jamal Murray and how he started the season. Maybe he was one of our more, more disappointing players early on, but they stuck with it. I think the coaching definitely helps. Quinn Snyder, he looks like he's your. Like if you were to close your eyes and think of an NBA head coach, to me that's what Quinn Snyder looks like. He always looks like he's tired. He always looks like he's in the <laughs> film room, just like living yeah. off of coffee and, and and whatever else he could eat. You know, like he just exactly. he rolled yeah. into the game <laughs> right after studying film and is just yelling at everybody. Yeah, you know his what journey I mean? too has been fun. You know, um, I believe he, he coached at Missouri in college mm-hmm. and that didn't work out. Then he bounced around as an assistant coach and. You know, Jerry. I mean, replacing Jerry Sloan is not a <laughs> is not an easy yeah. thing to do. You know, so he's been great. It, it, it's been it's been great to see this team and his rise. He's a former Blue Devil too, so I root for him heavy. <laughs> I mean, no uh, no bias, right? But you know, no bias, Devil. no bias at all. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, Chris. So what we what I want to do, if you will allow it, is um, we have one more topic that is kind of bonus content that we're going to cover here at towards the end of the show on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. But I really want to give it a just do. I want to have a good conversation with you about it. We're going to be talking about the 25 players under the age of 25 that the other four-letter network put out not too long ago. And um, I want to kind of get your initial thoughts on that. But obviously, for those listening to us on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, to get the full you know, details, our, our, our takes, our insight and analysis on this, you're going to have to go and um, download our podcast anywhere podcasts are available. But um, Chris, talking about this 25 players um, 
under the age of 25. I just want to get your initial thought on how you how you took that list and um, kind of what you liked, what you couldn't stand. I mean, we're we're both real big NBA heads. I mean, that's why you know nothing but net has us on here. Um, it hurt my basketball heart, dude, to see this list. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Like ESPN, sometimes I feel like they just do this on purpose just to get people like us. They have to. In this type of mood because it just, there were just so many things wrong with this. It, it, it just bothered me. It hurts my eyes. I already have bad eyes, so I don't just want to continue to to look at that and hurt my eyes even more because it, it really did hurt my eyes. I even at work today, a friend of mine, uh, the, my other coworker, he was like, you saw that crap they put out. I was like, yeah, man, I'm not even going to look. Don't look at it no more. It's going to hurt your eyes. It just, it, it doesn't make sense. It, it just really doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just some of me. it, some of it I agree with. Like, and, and this is what like I think. Like the first it, two, I don't mind. Like Luca so, Zion, that's fine. But then after that, it gets, it gets very, very, very. So here's what I want to do. I want to first say some of it I agree with. And I think the, what ESPN did is that they put just enough logic and just enough sense into it to where it would make you want to read it all the way through. But boy, did they sprinkle in some crazy takes on here. And I just want to out. What I want to do also is I want to read this list for our listeners. Um, what I want to preface this with, though, is what I think a lot of people fail to realize. And even when you realize that it, it's still not that great of a list. But um, what they did was they said based off of potential, they weighed potential on this thing heavy. Um, so number one, they got Luka Doncic. Number two, Zion. Number three, LaMelo Ball. <laughs> number four, Donovan Mitchell. Number five, Jason Tatum. Number six, De'Aaron Fox. Number seven, Ben Simmons. Number eight, Devin Booker. That's what you lose me. Number nine, Bam Adebayo. Number 10, SGA, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander, for those who don't know. Um, number 11, Brandon Ingram. Number 12, Jalen Brown. Uh, number 13, Jamal Murray. 14, Michael Porter Jr. 15, John Morant. Number 16, Trey Young. Number 17, <laughs> number 17, Mikael Bridges. Oh, number, that was another one. Oh, my God. Number 18, Demontis Sabonis, number 19, Anthony Edwards, number 20, DeAndre Ayton, number 21, Tyrese Halliburton, number 22, Jason Collins, number I can't believe 23, number 23, Jarrett Allen, number 24, Alonzo Ball, and closing it out or Colin Sexton, Sexton. And um, just want to say that um, I wrote an article on this. It's available on offtheballnetwork.com. Please go check it out. I would love to um, love for y'all to get, you know, get some insight on how we weighed it. At least when I say we, kind of me, but I feel like I got the approval of a lot of the dudes at Off the Ball when I made this list. Um, please go and check that out. But Chris, uh, we only have like three minutes left of the nothing but net thing. So I don't want to go super hard on this because I know what's going to happen is we're going to get heated and I'm going to miss the time and it's not going to make for a great show. So what I want to do is I want to close out tonight's show. And um, I just want to thank you so much for coming on tonight. And for, again, for anyone who wants to hear our insight and thoughts and analysis on this top 25 list, I'm going to give you a little bit of insight of the list that I made. And Chris and I can talk about that too. 
but please go download Breaking the Game anywhere you get your podcast. Um, but Chris, I'm sorry I got got you in a bad mood before we close out tonight. Um, but it, I just want to thank you so much, man, for stepping in. Shout out to my guy Austin who couldn't be on the show tonight. But before we close out, Chris, um, uh, just big shout out, big, you know, much love to you, brother, for coming on. Um, why don't you let the people know where they can find you and maybe some of the things that you have going on behind the scenes that they're not privy to right now? Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Always fun to chop it up with you, you know, uh, and uh, shout out to Austin, you know, Stone Cold Austin. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the guy right there. But um, you could catch the show. I, I got the off the ball. Uh, off the ball pod is on uh, Dash Radio on Nothing But Net Radio channel on uh, Mondays at twelve noon. So catch the show on there. Uh, podcast available on all podcast platforms. Just put one a show out with Lauren Gunn. She covers the Maz. We had a nice little fun show, did some trivia and all that. So that was a good show. Got a got a show with um, Jordan Foot come out this uh, Monday. So check that out. Um, and follow me off the ball pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. So like I said, once again, thanks for having me on, brother. Yeah, man. Appreciate you as always coming on and shout out to Lauren Gunn. She's going to be the guest on our next Monday's edition of breaking the game. She did such a great job with you. You did a great job with her too, man. So um, when I watched that, I was watching it live and I was like, I got to get her on the show. Um, She's she's probably, she's probably going to take my spot on, you know, dash radio or whatever, but you know, (laughs) it's a a price of making business, man. You got to bring in really talented people to, to to keep the show relevant. She's good. She, she, she's very knowledgeable. And we had some fun talking about Porzingis, you know, since Mm -hmm. we both have different views of Porzingis since he's on, he's on, uh, He's on her side and he used to be on my side, but uh, it was a fun conversation. Uh, make sure that you guys are listening and check that out because it was a really fun show. Yeah, please go um, anywhere podcasts are available. Go look up Off the Ball Podcast. Buddy Chris does a great job there. Um, and as for myself, you know, you guys know that y'all catch us here every Monday and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific here on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Shout out to our basically our producer, Rob, who does a lot of the work behind the scenes for you know, the nothing but that channel, it doesn't really get a whole lot of recognition in my eyes, uh, where, what he deserves. So shout out to Rob, shout out to the yeah. folks at dash radio. Shout out and, for the uh, opportunity. Like it's shout dope. out for the opportunity. They, they, they believed in, in Chris and because they believed in Chris and Chris believed in me. They for, therefore they believed in me and Austin and had us on. And, you know, it's been a it's been a heck of a ride so far. I'm glad that I'm a part of Off the Ball Network and nothing but net with you, Chris. But um, before we close out, I want to remind everybody, um, go to off or excuse me, go to offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. But also go to manscape.com and enter promo code BTG to get 20% off and free shipping with the code BTG at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code BTG. Unlock your confidence, and as always, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, so on behalf of my awesome co-host today, uh, Chris LeBron, on behalf of my co-host who couldn't be here today, Austin Carr, for the Breaking the Game show for the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, for the Off the Ball Network and all of our great sponsors, this has been the Breaking the Game show. We will catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Yeah. All right, so now that's a decent enough pause where I can edit that out for the podcast, and we continue on with this uh, fantastic discussion of the top twenty-five players under twenty-five, and and Chris, I, I got your initial 
reaction because I'm I'm here what looking at you like I can see you through webcam. I don't think people understand how upset you were if they're just listening. Um, what about ESPN's list really just kind of rubbed you the wrong? I mean, I feel like I have an idea because I love the NBA too, but I'm I'm really much looking forward to getting your input as to your thoughts about ESPN's list. Oh man. Okay. Number one is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we, I think I don't have a problem with that, obviously, because that's Luca and Luca's even projecting him out. It's still like he could, there could be a few MVPs in that Zion and two, I don't have issue with, but if someone had, you know, Devin Booker or someone else ahead of him, I wouldn't have an issue with that. Mm-hmm. LaMelo at three is where it starts. Now, He's now again. ESPN made this list based off of projection, so you don't think that Lamelo Ball projects to be top three amongst his peers right now? I get its projections, right? Mm-hmm. And I get we're trying to project, you know, five years down the line. But just because he's had this nice start to his career, it, it's just it's just not enough for me to feel comfortable putting him at three. Mm-hmm. Like I just think it's just because he's he's. He's new. He's fresh. He's a fresh face, and we, we, they, the media tends to do this a lot with new guys, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've done this. They, they do it so, so many times where they see the the new guy, and he, and they just want to gravitate to that, and they, and all this praise, and it's just like I can't put him at three, because I, I look back at at uh, Tyreek Evans was twenty five and five is his rookie year. I mean, if according to them he would be number three or two, one. Yeah, and then we know we've point. seen how his career has panned out. Let's wait. At least with other like Donovan Mitchell and, and Jason Tatum and some of these other guys, Devin Booker, we know what they can do. These guys are established. Yeah, right. Devin Booker is a twenty six per game player, all star. You know, Donovan Mitchell is an all star on on the best team in the West. Like. Jason Tatum's done good things. We we've seen these. We know what these guys are. Barring health, they're going to be the these players. They're going to get better if anything. With Lamelo, it's still projection. Like we only seen, you know, half a season. He's hurt yep. right now. So, how do you put him at three? I get. I, I just think it's just it's just recency bias at its absolute highest, and I just don't get it. I, I can't put LaMelo at three. I love LaMelo. I think he could be really good. But I that's this thinking. We just haven't seen enough to to really to really put him at three. It just to me it's just way too high. Maybe, maybe he had he has to be lower. Just some of these guys we're acting like these guys are like 20, 29, 30 years old. Some of these guys are 23, 22 years old. I like, really hate this list based on that fact. And I put in yeah. my article, I'm like, so we just assume at age 25 they're done getting better. <laughs> like you don't enter your prime in the NBA until 27. I mean, Julius Randle is 26, he, and he just elevated his game. Like, guys can get better. And like, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy <laughs> Butler, like, come on. Like, I just – you would think some of these guys were or, way past their prime. Half of these – most of these guys are in their prime, 22, yeah. 23, 24 years old. So I, I just – even five years down the line, they're going to be 28, 29, still in their prime. I just don't get it. I simply don't get it. I just don't. So let me let me I just want to point out a guy or a couple of guys that I have a problem with where their position as far as too low. I'm not going to get into the too high. Um, Devin Devin Booker at eight kills me. Uh, that's um, the worst one. Devin that, Booker at eight kills me. Jalen Brown Jalen Brown at twelve kills me. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Trey Young at 16 kills me. That hurts. I don't know how I, you have I him feel now. like he's one of the most disrespected players in the league and for no reason. For no real reason. Like I know his style his style may not be, you know, as a style that people like and people think he flops and all that, but like this dude is is he's the is only a, one on this list, Chris, that doesn't play defense. Did you know he, that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Michael Porter. Yeah, he plays like Michael Porter. Like, oh, see, you get me. Like Michael Porter plays no defense, no defense, no defense. He has an injury history, and yet he's fourteen. And Trey Young six. Trey Young's in his third year in the league, averaging what? Uh, whatever he's at, he was an All Star last year. Uh, this yeah. guy's in like. It just it sometimes, Stephen. I just with Trey Young, people. I just I, I, I wonder how people would have reacted if if Steph Curry, if if Twitter and social media was as as it was it what it was in two thousand nine, ten, eleven when Steph Curry was on the come up and he was going through his struggles with injuries. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they would treat Steph Curry the way they treat Steph because Trey Young is. He's been a good player. I mean, he's been more than a good player. Like he's a borderline he's his, superstar. He's in his, what his third season? In his third year in the league, guys. Third year. <laughs> and look what he's doing. He Seth wasn't doing this in year three. I know no. the league's different. Yes, I know it, it's a different type of bat, but still, Steph wasn't doing this in year three. I'm not saying and this is Steph his like first this. season. He's had like a complete, exactly. a complete year, NBA roster. Yeah, Chris, right? They were supposed to put Chris Dunn next to him, right? To be that defensive stopper. Chris Dunn's missed pretty much the whole damn year, right? DeAndre Hunter's been out. Cam Reddish is super up and down, right? John Collins has been up and down, right? They just fired their coach. <laughs> you know, Barbanovich has, you know, has been in and out. has been in and out. Gallo's been in and out. They got rid know? of Ray Sean Rondo. Ray John, like, guys. Let's let's like and look at they're they're playing a lot better of late, but like come on, like they're what like the he, fourth seed in the East right now. He's one of the most disrespected players in the league, and like it, it's it's crazy how much disrespect he gets. Yeah, and I want to point out too that like there's a couple players that I think are too high. So Chris, um, we went over the other four letter networks list. I want to go ahead and put up the one that we have now. I know that you said that you're um, probably going to be working on one as well. Yes. But, um I have one on here, and I'm going to read you. Um, yes, read it because I didn't get I didn't get to read it. No, so it's all right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, diving into it. And I'm just going to give you the names. I have little excerpts underneath them all, explaining as to why. And mm-hmm. if you and if you get to one that you're kind of like, hey, I don't understand why you have this dude here. I'll read my excerpt and see it, see how that sticks with you. So, number one, Luca. Yeah, that's number, my number. Yeah, that's number two, number. Jason Tatum. I have Jason Tatum number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, Zion Williamson. Okay. Number four, Jalen Brown. Okay. Number five, Devin Booker. Number six, Donovan Mitchell. Number seven, Trey Young. Number eight, Bam Adebayo. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Brandon Ingram. Number 10, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Number 11, Ben Simmons. Number 12, De'Aaron Fox. Number 13, John Morant. Number 14, Jamal Murray. Number 15, Michael Porter Jr. Number 16, LaMelo Ball. Mm-hmm. Number 17, DeMontis Sabonis. Number 8, OG Ananubi, who wasn't on ESPN's list at all. Um, uh, number 19, Tyrese Halliburton. Number 20, John Collins. Number 21, DeAndre Hunter, who wasn't on ESPN's 
um, list at all. Uh, number 22, DeAndre Ayton. Number 23, Lonzo Ball. Number 24, your boy, R.J. Barrett. And number 25, James Wiseman. Yeah, it's way better list than whatever ESPN did. Way <laughs> better. Way better. Yeah, I like your list a lot better. Like, And one of the excerpts that I put in here, right, and just to be upfront, like, in my list, I'm not going to pretend like this is the only order that you can have players in, right? Like, mm-hmm. to quote my own list, I, I said, and this is when I had De'Aaron Fox 12, Um, just kind of my excerpt from here. It says, rounding out the top half of our 25 under 25 is De'Aaron Fox. There's a grouping of about six or seven players that could realistically be anywhere from 12th to 17th on the list. And then I go in the reason as to why I have Darren Fox here. So if you want to say De'Aaron Fox, John Morant, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., LaMelo Ball, and DeMontis Sabonis could be rearranged in any particular order, I'm totally fine with that. And I made that very well known on here. And then I did the only – criticism was from our guy rob who i just gave a whole bunch of love to here on the show yeah i I saw that tweet yeah he um he's upset that i put james wiseman over um anthony edwards and granted he is a minnesota timberwolves fan i don't hold that against him but here's what i put my excerpt for wiseman it says all right this choice is heavily based on potential and analytical data but with this being the last pick and there being a legit case for James Wiseman to be here, why not? And then I get into my explanation as to why I have him here. I mean, as with any list, when you get to the end, yeah. there's going to be... I'm not very sure with that. There's Especially gonna, with rookies. like It's just hard to, to project rookies right now because we just don't know. Yeah, and I had James Wiseman higher on my big board than Anthony Edwards. So, mm-hmm. I mean... And it's not like Anthony Edwards is lighting the world on fire right now with this play. Like he's had a couple really big dunks, but it's not like he's taking the world over. You know what I mean? So um, I looked at the proje- at the potential that I see in James Wiseman as a kind of a Chris Bosh esque, like maybe not as high skill level or you know production, but something along those lines. You know when everything hits right with him in the NBA, and plus he's getting the only side of Steve Kerr that no one else in warriors history under his coaching tutelage there and that's disciplinarian like when have we ever seen steve kerr discipline anybody ever as a head coach until james mm-hmm. wiseman got there you know he's just basically kind of the whipping you know the whipping guy on the team so yeah um, that that i thought that fit would be better for james but it, it just it's very i don't know it's a it's weird fit with golden state because they're they're in win now mode mm-hmm. and it doesn't he doesn't really fit with what they want to do because all their guys are, you know, over 30 right now. And yeah, so, you know, if he was on a different team, maybe he was in Minnesota, maybe he we would see more or if he was somewhere else, Chicago or whatever, yeah. but um, Golden State, I don't know. Maybe it feels like maybe a little holding him back because they still want Steph and all that, but you know, can't go wrong with Wiseman or, or Ante because I think Wiseman's potential is through the roof. I mean, this, yeah, <laughs> This and is he's a, a big man. He usually only takes three a couple games last seasons. year, right? He yeah, only he played only... three games at, at Memphis last year, and mm-hmm. like I said, you know, not a lot of games played, and he's still figuring out the game. Big men always take a little bit longer to develop, exactly. and when, but once they pop, they can. Be, he could be something special. So I don't have an issue with that at all, you know. Yeah, and like I said, there's there's players that I like personally that I left off this list, and not saying that Anthony Edwards is a player that I like. At least you had R.J. Barrett ranked. I'll take that. I had R.J. Barrett. <laughs> 
And when I was studying this, right, and the reason it's taken me a couple of days is like, I don't just throw up a list like maybe the other four letter network did. Right. But, um, I actually like sat down and dug into this and what really stuck out for me with RJ, Chris, and I hope that you appreciate this as a, as a diehard Knicks fan. I looked at his numbers from last year and I looked at his numbers from this year and I've seen him play several times and I went and looked, um, at the analytics and I, I trust Synergy a lot. Um, anyone who is looking for an analytic website to get into, uh, you have to pay for it, but it's I think it's worth the worth the price of admission. Synergy has him on both sides of the ball rated as average overall, and that takes a whole bunch of things into consideration. But when I looked at the specific specifics of where he was ranked, you know, like above average or better at, and the stuff that he was below average or better, what I came away overall with RJ Barrett was this Chris is that he's contributing to winning already. He's putting up great numbers already and he's still finding his game. And I mm-hmm. think that that's a very promising thing. That's a very promising analyst to have for any player, let alone him being a, a player on your team. You know, he's giving you 17 points, three assists, six rebounds, 44% shooting from the floor, almost 36% from deep. 74% from the free throw line and he's still finding his game. I mean, he's I don't 20. know. He's 20. He's 20. He doesn't turn 21 for another 2 months. And I mentioned that in my article too. I was like not not even old enough to drink alcohol. I almost was going to put legally, but I didn't want to throw in uh any implications or anything like that, you know, because I don't have uh I don't hang out with RJ Barrett. I don't know if he's drinking or not regardless, but I did make that comment. But yeah, I mean, if you have a guy who's contributing to winning, he's quote unquote average per synergy. He's putting up great numbers and contributing to winning, and he's still got a lot of area and growth that he can give. I mean, as a Nick fan, you you feel pretty good about that, right, Chris? Yeah, I, I especially of late, like he's there was. I'm not gonna lie, there was a time period, especially beginning of the season, where he just. He was missing everything. His three-point shooting was horrendous. Free throw shooting mm-hmm. was horrendous. He, his jump shooting, it just nothing looked crisp. And he just really, I mean, there was games where Tibbs didn't even play him in the fourth quarter where he wasn't playing down the stretch. But he, he's definitely picked it up, you know, the confidence in the, in the three-point shooting and, and the ball handling and get, taking guys off the dribble. He's, uh, he's definitely shown that he could be a really good player. I don't know if he's going to be – a perennial all-star uh, or superstar player, but he's shown at the age of 20 that he got better, right? He, he's The numbers are up from last year. That's what you want to see, right? You want to see those, you know, that ability to get better, right? He's averaging more yeah. points at improvements for free throws. Like, the free throws were something that bothered me since he was at Duke. Like, he missed – it. I, I still get nightmares thinking about that Elite Eight game against Michigan State where he missed a bunch of crucial free throws and – he still has obviously he's young. He still has to work on, especially late game stuff. You know, there's some late game things that he has to work on, but his defense has gotten better. You know, uh, like I said, he's his passing is better than you think. I know he only averages yeah. three, but he, he he probably should be around five or six if his guys can just hit shots, you know. But he, he, his progression has gone up. You know, I maybe have him a little bit higher, but that may be because I'm a little biased and I and I've seen him play. But you know, at least you have him ranked. So, because most people won't have him ranked, because for some reason, 
they just don't think RJ Barrett can get better, which is weird. I'm like, he's 20. He can get better guys like, you know, but, um, RJ definitely belongs in, in anyone's top 25 under 25. He definitely belongs in everyone's list. Cause he's projecting him down. I mean, he's already at 17 and a half at 20. Yeah. On a team that doesn't have a lot of space, I mean, we're talking about a um, Tibbs offense that is not does not involve is not up to date. All right, you got to yeah. update it, you know. And I tell say with Tibbs, you got to update. You got to go on the computer, software update. You got to update your <laughs> offense because it's stuck in the it's stuck in the the nineties and early two thousands. You know, still slow, but. Even with all the lack of spacing, even last year with the lack of spacing and, and the 18 power forwards, he yeah. still was not a bad rookie. Like, if you watch it, you're like, okay, if he had more spacing, he could do more. And same thing with this season. Like, it, it, I think he's the sky's the limit for him. I think he's going to be really good. And, and I just think he's another one slept on as far as these young guys. Like, people like Jared Allen ahead of him. Like, this, this is come would on. You, honestly, would you take. Who would you rather have? I know Jared Allen is a great big rim protector. That's all he. That's about it. RJ shoots Barrett, a little bit. Yeah. Shoots a little bit. Okay, but like RJ, come on, you can't tell me you take Jared Allen over RJ Barrett. Like it's his just, position's more valuable. Exactly. Like that's what he it comes plays a more valuable position. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. But you know, uh, I'm just happy RJ's playing better. So that makes me happy because I was a little worried. Loads a little worried, but he's everything I was worried about. He worked on. You know, you know, in his second, in his second season, in his second, and it's like last year. You know, it was a weird last year. Now you go into a second in the league, and is you can't really the training camp's weird. You, you, you're doing Zoom meetings, <laughs> like it's, I think we have to factor that too with a lot of these young guys too. Is, yep. You know the weirdness of these last two years. You on know, top of for, how hard it is to adjust on to the top NBA of in the right first how hard place. it is it is being a pro you know going from college <laughs> to the pros you know you know we people with Wiseman like they're getting all arms like dude play only played three games because of some weird nonsense right at Memphis Draymond then, Green is his teammate he's got to deal with Draymond <laughs> he's dealing with a team that wants to win now mm-hmm. and on top of them having to try to develop him and on top of having a weird training camp where it, you're dealing with all the COVID stuff and all, it's just like we have to factor that into. But um, yeah, he basically your, went your from high school to the pros. Exactly, he said because he only played three games, so the only tape you had of him, you're 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 just projecting him, right? That's how you you have to draft him. It's like, well, we we're gonna take him at two because he has all the raw physical tools, mm-hmm. and we just it's literally a projection with him, and yep. so. It's you know he his, I think he, I think he will be good. I think he will be good. But it, the the fit with Golden State, it sounded good. It felt right. But I don't know. It, it, it's just they're just and when I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if in the off season they go after someone and he's he's a part of that they, package. They, they just try and trade him and Uber for somebody like a Bradley Beal or something. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me at all because like I said, they're in win now mode and it, that doesn't. When you're in win now mode and you're trying to develop a young guy like that who's has the potential to be something special, it just isn't. It's not going to work out. Your you know? attention's divided. Exactly, because you're you're worried about oh, how do we get our fourth championship, but how do we develop this guy? So you know, how do we make how do we make Wiseman Tim Duncan while also winning you know Steph Curry another ring? Exactly, you know? and it just doesn't seem like they have the. It just doesn't. I don't know. It, for me, it just doesn't feel right. Like. It, his, he's going to develop into the player he is with that environment. Like he, needs, you need to be on a bad team to to you know be able to learn all this stuff, you know. But we'll, we'll see how it works. But I think he'll be fine. 
Yeah, and to your point with R.J. Barrett, you know, his, his passing that three assists, uh, to me that's like a college three assists. In college, when you look at assist numbers, you almost have to multiply them by two, mm-hmm. you know, because of the shooting and things like that. But if you look at R.J.'s um, assist percentage, and I'm looking at this on cleaning the glass for anyone who wants to know where I'm getting my information from, Per cleaning the glass, he is in the 79th percentile, which is good. You want to yeah, be up there. The bigger the number, the better it is. Um, so he's good. in the he's in the 79th percentile in assist percentage. That means when he passes the ball, that he's in the 79th percentile of when he passes the ball, it leads to a score, there. right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's huge right there. And since you're an RJ fan, I'll just read you my excerpt real quick. It's not very long. It says RJ Barrett has a tough job. He plays for a passionate fan base that loves their team hard. Just ask Julius Randle. (laughs) Barrett was taken third in his draft class and infamously didn't make an NBA all-rookie team, largely due to the fact we believe believe voters simply forgot about him. Um, The the reason Barrett has improved in almost – or excuse me, this season, Barrett has improved in almost every area of his game this season – um, what's crazy is that Synergy has him graded out as average on both ends of the floor. How we digest this is that Barrett is having a winning impact for his team in several aspects, and he hasn't even figured out his game yet. Not even old, like not even old enough to drink alcohol. Barrett has shown that he has he has stuff in his game, um, but he must be able to take steps in all of them to realize his potential. He's got the size and feel for the game. So as his comfortability with the NBA grows, you can be sure his output will be right there with it. Barrett finishes twenty mm-hmm. fourth in R twenty five under twenty five. Let's see who closes this out. That's my excerpt for RJ. How do you feel about that? No, it's spot on. Like you said, uh, I felt like the last year with the rookie stuff, like not making all, it was just based off narratives. You know, obviously the Knicks. They missed out on everyone, blah, blah, blah. And just people just didn't care what RJ, like they just were so worried, focused on Zion and on Ja that they didn't. And, and then they looked at, oh, well, Barrett only shot 40% from the field, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, guys, did you, do you watch the games? Yeah. He has no space. Who, he can't move. He got power forwards everywhere. Like who's mm-hmm. his point guard? Like. Like not even good enough for a second team though. Like come on, like he deserved to be on one of those. You can't tell me Terrence. I think Terrence Davis was on. Come on now, Terrence Davis is. (laughs) He's a fine. He's a fine player. It just. It it just. And but I also look at this as fuel for RJ. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he's kind of. You know, ever since like listen, this the guy was the number one recruit a couple years ago. And he was the supposed to be the guy at Duke, right? It, it was supposed to be him and Cam, and then Zion comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere. No one expect, even myself. I didn't even watch Zion's commitment. I thought he was going to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, get the alerts, join the brotherhood. He's going to Duke. So when when Zion, when you play with Zion, RJ could do everything possible. Zion's mm-hmm. gonna take the headlines, right? So everything Zion, Zion. So he's always been under, oh, you know, under the shadows of, of guys like that. And then every dealing with, going to New York is tough, right? At, at, as is, right? Now you got to go to New York when you were everyone was expecting to get the number one pick, to get Zion, right? Yeah. To go get KD and Kyrie. <laughs> so 
we get RJ Barrett and people are like And you're mm. quote unquote stuck with RJ. And you're stuck with RJ and then they they just the free agency was the a mess. Bobby and all Portis, that. So and just Taj people are just Gibson. clowning on you. So they're not even caring that oh who cares with our you know RJ whatever like and not realizing like he had to deal with a lot of crap mm-hmm. on the court. You know, and to me, it was silly to not have. He he deserved to be an all. Like, you think he, what do you have? 13 and a half, 14 points a game, you know. To not even be a second team. Yeah, he's he deserved to be, you know. I mean, Zion, listen, I you know how much I love Zion. Yeah. I absolutely love Zion. I know. But this man played 24 games and was all rookie first team. You know, I mean, you got RJ who's. Who, who, who's dealing with a lot of crap in New York and all that? Like he should have deserved it just off the off season they had to deal with. He was the, he was the one bright spot on this team. I mean, he was our one bright spot. Like, you have like Colt, you have like Colt favorites on on this next team. Like Frankie Smokes, everyone loves Frankie Smokes from, and this is from a from a from a guy who oh, isn't yeah, plugged wow. into to I don't the get I don't get the Frank Miller. I I I didn't get it on draft day and I still don't get it. I, Frankie I, Smokes is a big deal there. You know, the whole Kevin Knox will he won't he oh, Julius no, Randle Julius <laughs> Randle his one his first season as a Nick, you know, yeah. he he did not get a lot of positive attention. I'll just put it that no. way. I mean, the guy, <laughs> a lot of Knicks <laughs> fans who praise Julius Randle, right, say he's better than Chris Bosh. And I, mm. I listen, I see it. Like all the the all the craziness of him having. Listen, I'm I'm loving that he's had a great, you know, of course, you know, uh, season to date. But the same people were saying he's garbage. He's, you know, he should be traded. You know, mm-hmm. trade this bum. Are the same people pray? It's just how Knicks fan. It's just how Knicks world works, you know. Um, I never went to that thing with job, Julius. It, it's a tough. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying with, with RJ. He's coming into a. <laughs> it's different, you know. He's Canadian. He's so soft, you know, soft spoken and so humble. But when you come, he just to New looks York, like such a nice kid, man. Yeah, he's a he's a good kid, good upbringing, you know. Basketball. I mean, obviously, Steve Nash is his godfather. Like basketball's in his genes, but. New York is a different animal. Yeah. I, I don't think people like, I know I'm from New York and I see it, but when I tell other people, like it's different, it, the media will, <laughs> I've become more and more aware. Like that's why guys, even for they play for the Yankees, whatever giants, jets, they leave there sometimes and, and they just like it better. Cause they're just more freaky. You're going to deal with all the BS, yeah. you know? So it's different. But for RJ to get back to RJ, like I think he's going to be good. And, uh, just disrespected as far as with the media. Like he, it just feels like he doesn't get the respect he deserves. And like he's playing winning basketball right now. So he should definitely be getting more recognition. So, you know, uh, but like I said, I'm happy you have him ranked. So that makes me happy. Yeah. And you know, part of me was just like, I don't understand why some of the guys didn't make ESPN's list. Like um, Deandre Hunter, for example, out of Atlanta, I like I like the kid a lot. I mean, he's he should be because of his two way ability. He kind of he's mirroring a lot of guys that we see who have been successful in the NBA lately, who have come in as defenders and then just keep adding to their offense. And the same reason why I have an, uh, OG Ananobi on this list, um, you know, who hit probably one of if not the biggest shot in the bubble last season. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, yeah, he he um, both of these guys. I'm just like I don't know how you can say that. These are the players that everybody in the NBA is looking for, and they are progressing to the levels to where 
they're elite defenders and going to be, you know, by the time they're finished growing their game, they're going to be great offensive players too. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how ESPN left those two off the list. Didn't even mention them. Did they accumulate this with like a bunch of guys? Well, it's three I, dudes. I, I, I can pull it up for you real quick and uh, get you the. It's uh, I think it was what Pelton. Um, here, let me scroll to the bottom of the list. Here, it was it was three dudes though that that was made Hollinger? it. Was Hollinger not Hollinger? No, Holl- Hollinger's not on there. Like, no, um, um, Marks. Sean um, Marks. There you go. Bobby Bobby Marks, Bobby Marks. Kevin Pelton's, and Mike uh, Schmitz. Mike Schmitz. Oh, Mike Schmitz is better than that. Mike Schmitz is well, good. Well, so they what they did too is they provided their top twenty-five um, individually too. So um, Marks had Luca Zion. My, he had Michael Porter Jr. third. Um, All right, ben, well, I'm done. <laughs> ben Simmons, Devin I'm Booker, done. Donovan oh, Mitchell, oh. De'Aaron Fox, Lamelo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, Shea Gillis, Tatum is thirteenth. <laughs> Mikael Bridges. <gasps> oh Jer- my God! They Jamal Murray. And I'm. I have. I just pulled it up too, and <laughs> and I'm reading another website. Who is like? John Moran is nineteenth. It says Marks unexpectedly uh, put Tatum uh, at thirteen. Uh, I just don't get it. Yes, Tyrese Halliburton twenty fifth. Bobby Marks, you're better than that. Bobby Marks. I like Bobby Marks too, but now I gotta not like him. That Kevin Pelton. Yeah, I just your yeah, boy Kevin Pelton had Emmanuel quickly at twenty four. Oh, really? All right. Yeah, he had OG Ananubi on his list too. Even, even listen, <laughs> I love quickly, but putting him at twenty four is kind of. He was on my list of candidates, though. I had quickly on my list. He would of be candidates. on like the next twenty five, like guys like he's in there like that, like the back end of the forties or something, maybe. What's crazy is all these dudes had LaMelo Ball in their top four. So it's not like one of these dudes had him one, the other dude had him ten, and the other guy had him three or whatever. I don't know how you put LaMelo at that high. Like, I just, it just reads to say buy and say, I just think that's it. Like, I mean, how many of these guys had in their rookie season a LaMelo Ball season? And if you're going to say everything that LaMelo Ball is going to do is get better, like, why can't you say the injury that he had is going to constantly be a thing going down there? I hope it's not, but I'm just saying, like, how can you segment one part of his season and then have Michael the Porter like and then like have Michael Porter at three like that doesn't make sense. yeah like like Michael Porter is is a injury a back sprain away from being done for his career like and he's still like even right now as he's being healthy he's still showing like like you look at him like he's a six foot eleven wing that that can be a special score right but. He struggled like he struggles defensive. And yes, I know defense isn't everything. It, it matters about putting the ball in the bucket. But even with that, like it's only a big deal uh, for Trey Young. Uh, yeah, it's only uh, yes. Uh, only Trey Young doesn't play defense apparently. And then they put you know they forget that Michael Porter plays zero. And most you know, Trey Young, the highest he was between these three was on Pelton's board where he had him fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> How you oh how you have <clears throat> Trey Young, who's like we mentioned before, he's only in his you know two and a half years into his NBA career, right? Two and a half, like not ten, not you know he's two and a half years in his, but yet have Michael Porter have had of him. It, it, like Trey Young's already shown that he's already a better you know twenty five point per game scored, almost ten assists a game. 
No, Stephen. Just sometimes. I don't know, man. I, I get, I get the like I said before. I get they just want to create. Listen, I get it. Clicks create, you know, controversy creates cash, right? Like, like Eric Bischoff used to say, controversy creates cash. So I get it. You have to do this to get people riled up so you can get clicks, and and I get it. Mm-hmm. But just like ah, oh, you gotta have some sort of like. You have Especially to be when it's three, when it's three guys, and, and Schmitz. I love Schmitz for his. He's one of the best at covering the draft. I always watch his stuff. Bobby Marks is smart with it, all his capology. The other guy, I'm not too Kevin Pel- Pelton. Pelton he's I not probably, a bad analyst. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I've read a few of his stuff, but the other two, they're better than that. They're better, especially Schmitz. Schmitz, this is what he does. He he, he watches these guys. He's known these guys since high school and stuff. Like to have. The tra- like I said, Trey Young. Und- we talked about before. Trey Young disrespect is disgusting. <laughs> the highest they had him. The highest all three of them had him was fourteen. That's ridiculous. Like, it's that's just ridiculous. I just yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get. I don't get the hate for him. I just. I don't know if it's because people hate his hair or he's small. I hate his hair and I have him. I, so. I, yeah, I hate his hair too. And it's like no, this guy comes. And I think it, another thing too. And even though it shouldn't matter, like everyone's always going to bring up the trade. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking too. Like the and narrative I think that's a, that like, the narrative the have had the, right? the Hawks could have had Luca. And listen, if we're just if we're going to be very, yes, Luca's a better player than Trey. Of course, but to say that the Hawks lost the trade. No, Hawks didn't lose the trade. Yeah, Luka might be a better is is a better player right now. Right now, we still that's the thing we don't know what Luka's like. Luka could break down in two three years, and then Trey Young like that's the thing we just don't know. Like, and you can't say they lost trade because Trey Young's an all star. And that's my thing. Like, they lost the trade if if Trey Young's a bum. (laughs) If he's averaging twelve, say they both hit their ceilings. And like, say they both hit their absolute best, and say, okay, well, Dallas ended up with Larry Bird, and Atlanta ended up with Steph Curry. Like, is it really a loss? Like that? Oh, we could have had Larry Bird. We got Steph Curry. Nobody lost a trade. We still have years before we could even say that. Another player in the deal. Yeah, they got Cam Reddish out of that, and that could be a potential trade chip for them to get someone like. The Hawks have a lot of ammunition, you know, this offseason to pull off a monster move. Brilliant. And then you might look at their – yeah. And to me, they I always said, number one, they have the, the pieces that Washington would like that they can help try to build. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, you know. Kevin you Herter. Know, Kevin Horder. You know, they have so many pieces. John Collins, you know, they your, got your so boy, many pieces. Your uh, boy, um, Onyeka Okongwu. Onyeka like, you know – have so many pieces to make a move, and then what if Trey wins the championship in two years and Luca it, it can't get out of the first round? Oh, but it's because he got Trey got carried. No, be oh, that. then everything's gonna watch. Everything <laughs> will flip and be like, oh well, yo, know, Luca's a bomb, and Trey Young's a. So that's how. That's just how. What's it crazy works. is like if I'm Lamelo Ball and I look at this list, and if I'm Lamelo Ball, hopefully I've paid attention to the NBA over the past three, four seasons. Where you are right now is where Trey Young was in his rookie season. There was clamoring that Trey Young should have been rookie of the year. Like how like how quickly that's the thing. People love rookies will turn on you. 
People love rookies. Everyone loved Trey Young. Like, oh my God, maybe, maybe Atlanta won the deal. It's yeah. just second half look, of the season. Trey Young is the better player. Like people that, love Luka. that was and a then, narrative. And then people criticize Luca. This is what happens. People mm-hmm. fall in love with rookies. Lamelo's going to go through this in year two and year three. It's going to happen. It's it's guaranteed to happen. So that's why you say you can't put Lamelo in because it's just recent bias. We love rookies. And Everyone loves exactly. We build them up, and like if Luca doesn't win a playoff series, or he doesn't make the playoffs, let's say he ain't miss it, right? You know, then he's going to get killed this off season. Killed. Mm-hmm. He was the so preseason they, MVP. I mean, even a, by me, even by me, they project to be a top four team, right? Mm-hmm. MVP favor, right? The front runner to win the MVP. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't win, he, he's not going to win the MVP, and there's still a chance they can miss the playoffs. Still a chance. So what happens? We're going to kill him. He's still in year three. Well, no, like, because he won't have any help. Exactly. So it, it's just the rookie stuff is like I said. They everyone loved Trey Young. Now everyone hates him. You yeah. know, Luca's going to be the same thing. He should have been an All Star this year, by the it, way. I, mean, every, I put up my list, and he yeah, was an All Star. Everyone expects everything to be like this: quick, 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 quick. It's like we still got to let these guys develop. Like Trey Young's in his second and a half year of the league. Yeah, he's about to finish his third year of playing NBA basketball, and look what he's done in three years playing NBA basketball. This is his first time with a professional NBA head coach. No, not coach. coach he, he has a real coach. So don't disrespect the Lloyd Pierce, but there's a big difference between Lloyd Pierce and Nate McMillan. Mm-hmm. And look what Nate McMillan's done We've with this it. team, right? He went on what nine and oh, they mm-hmm. went nine in a row to start. Like, there's so many factors, but yet people just look at well, they don't like Trey Young style and, and all that, and they just hate on him. I don't either. Do and like, I'm not a Trey Young dude. I don't yeah, like I'm not either. Game. I don't yeah. like his game. I don't like his hair. I don't like his nickname. Mm-hmm. I don't like the celebration. I don't like any of that. But, you know, if I'm being unbiased and an analyst and doing what I'm supposed to do, you can only hold him back so far, in my opinion. Exactly. Like, it just it, it just gets ridiculous with, with hating on players and all that. Like, I see that way too much. And ever since I started doing podcast, and I never was that even before I did podcasting or, or mm-hmm. really diving into basketball and kind of being a media in the media, you know, kind of, I guess we are we're media, media, Chris, we're, we're media. media. Yeah. We're, we're on a full. show. We're on a show but, and a but, podcast, but there's, there's ways you can, to, there's different types of media personalities, right? There's guys like us who cover the game and Analyst. just look at it and listen, I'm a Knicks fan, right? I got the hat on like, and, and I was, and, I praise you because you're not you don't have a team in, in it and, and you, you and I wish I could, sometimes I could watch the game like that but even as a diehard Knicks fan I mm-hmm. watch the game objectively and I'm not going to just be like oh no, everything's me like every time someone plays the ref, the refs are cheating against them and all this I'm, I'm going to look at them like okay all right I understand and like you just see some fans are just maybe my so team is making mistakes and I, I'll, yep I'm like oh well People like, oh, we're playing the refs on that one. That game, they cost us the game. It's like, oh, uh. if you watch the game in its entirety, we got calls that we got away with. It works both ways, right? And just hot takey and being all this, it's like, no, it's just watching the game objectively as a fan, enjoying the game of basketball and bringing it to you. Uh, and giving you that perspective, but there's people who just like to go overboard. Well, Trey Young's, you know, you, you've seen it. You see player, you see the uh, this player is better than that player. It's like, all right, you're just doing that just to get clicks and all that. Yep. It's just I never wanted to do. Yes, it, it may get me more followers being that way. I just never liked doing it. It just 
I don't get it, but people hate trip players just to hate them. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I don't well, get you, it. You, you I don't have get what it, we but. always say is like we have people like us who I say that we're analysts, you know, and even amongst analysts, like you have guys who are more traditional, like you you call it the way you see it on the floor. Um, I'm I'm more of like a I'm an analytics dude, but I also watch the game, so it's not like I'm just sitting behind a computer reading stats. Like I love watching basketball. I love to also correlate that to analytics, and I love looking and seeing like how far apart or close they are from one another. I think that that's interesting to me, but um, you have analysts like us and then you have what we call entertainers and what entertainers get away with doing is saying the most outlandish stuff and it's forgiven because, Oh, well they're fun to watch. You know, they're allowed to be wrong because they're entertainers. They can do that because they're entertainers. Like let, let one of us, go and say some nonsense like nonsense like that you know what i mean exactly exactly but you know like you said a lot of these analysts at these high profile networks and all that and a lot of these accounts that have the players as their profile with different (laughs) spicy i I always remember spicy porzingis that's the one that always i think about just 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 pull out garbage day does atlas everyone's entitled to it or whatever but sometimes it's just I don't get it. I, I I just don't wake up in the morning and be like, you know what? I'm gonna say the you know, Michael, you know, DeMar DeRozan's better than Michael Jordan and wake up and be like, you know, this is what I'm gonna tweet out and I wanna people, stir the pot. I wanna stir the pot just to stir it and get my phone blown up because I said something outrageous. Like yeah. uh, but hey, that's that's the world of basketball. People like doing that. But to me, you look at Trey Young and it's just like He's a ball. You know, it, it may not be your style, and this is not my style. I don't, you know. He's but goofy a lot. looking. I hate the. I, I hate don't the, get it. I hate the ice. I hate ice tray as a nickname. Yeah. I think Trey Teal is much better than I, ice tray. I hate I, the. He doesn't the have good nicknames. Yeah, like. But you don't have to have a thing. Just be a nah, good basketball just, player. Just be a good That's basketball a thing. Player. Exactly. <laughs> Win basketball games, and you go. You'll get all the names and all that. But the disrespect for Trey Young is, is to me, it's. It's up there. I mean, LeBron is still number one. I mean, he gets LeBron, KD, you know, but KD at least KD sometimes does it to himself, you know. A yeah, lot the of whole time. Michael Rappaport. Yeah, thing. yeah. Like that, LeBron, it. like LeBron, a lot of people, and this is, we can do this for freaking hours with LeBron yeah. and all that. Like, a lot of it is stuff that's not even on the court. It's all off the court nonsense that, you know, political and all that. That's the hate for him. But, like and even like Space Jam, people getting on him with Space. It's like, if, do you realize Space Jam the first one wasn't that good? No, it's just so, a classic. Chris, you know? like, you're my boss, but this is my show. Like, first Space Jam is a yeah. is a good movie. No, I, I, I love it. I, but <laughs> people are acting like it's like a, it was gonna be. It's like an Oscar film. It's like yeah. it's the cartoon. It's like Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a cartoon, guys. Like let's yeah. let's relax. Like yeah. But, we but disrespecting them. I don't. I can't. I just can't disrespect players. Like, like we could criticize them on the court, right? But just to, yeah. to disrespect guys. That's and, not hate. And oh, and yeah. heaven forbid you have a disagreement with somebody. Or I, I don't even bother, Steven. It's no point because it just it turns into a whole big thing because you don't agree with someone. Like, why can't mm. we have a? We we disagree on a lot of things, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? We can have a civil conversation. I'll tell you my points why I think this is wrong or why you're wrong or why I'm right. You mm-hmm. tell me, and then like, all right, I understand your point. I, I may not agree with it, 
we tip our what? hat at each other we tip and, our we... hat and then we move on it's simple <laughs> yep. we do it in the chat every day right you see the chat the we, we we have we go hours we're arguing and at the end of the day hey you, who's going on what show yeah All you right. coming on the you show guys, later yep. exactly and that's like i wish i wish twitter and would be more like that but it, it'll never be so there's no point of arguing when when i see someone come at me about something i say or, or on a show or a tweet or or something I don't argue. I'm like, okay, so tell me, explain. Okay. And mm-hmm. I feel like, all right, all right, all right, I get you. I'm not going to be like, oh, you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> you <know? laughs> right. You know, like you're an effing moron. Like, no, I'm like, all right, okay. I, I don't agree. This is why I think it this way. And I'm like, okay. Like, and that's it. <laughs> I yeah. don't need to argue. I'm not arguing with people on social media. Like, it's just, that's just. You're a big man, Chris. Uh, that's moronic. I, I got, I got, you know, I got too many things to do to be arguing with people about, you know, takes and all that. Right on. Well, hey, man, uh, you know, we're coming up on it. You know, the we're closing in on hour number two here on the pod. Uh, for everyone who's been watching and listening, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. For all of y'all who came over from the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, thank y'all for plugging in. You know, welcome to the Breaking the Game podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars is a world of difference. I mean, just ask anybody who podcasts. But um, Chris, as always, dude, anytime that we can – we do a lot of work together behind the camera, you know, like it's nice to where we can like come and do something like this. Like, this is fun. Like, this is what I like to do. Everything else, you know, it's necessary. We, you know, stuff that we have to do to keep, you know, off the ball chugging along the way that it has been. Mm-hmm. But, uh, love having you on the show, man. Yeah. It's always fun to, to, to hop on, you know, people shows and just talk. Sometimes, trying to do your own show and then doing the network stuff and just trying to get this, this thing going and, and keep it, you know, keep the train going is a lot, but sometimes it's just cool to sit back in, in the yard and just talk basketball and just have a good conversation. So like I said, it's a, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure, man. Absolutely. And again, before we go, I just want to let everyone know, um, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BTG at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BTG. Unlock your confidence and as always, use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. So I'm gonna, I love that. <laughs> yep. I, lo- I love say, doing that that uh, promo. I, I I had to just keep it on record and just just put it in the shows when I did the podcast. Sometimes I just laugh doing it. So I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm just going to record one and I'm just going to add it into the shows because it's still hysterical doing the, those ad reads. It's still fun. But uh shout out to Manscaped though. Shout out to Manscaped and, you know, let them know that we sent you. And uh, Chris, man, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. And yes, uh, we'll catch up with you next time, man. And for everyone who's tuned in, thank you so much for the love and support. We'll catch up with you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Much love. Don't be racist. Don't be racist and wash your hands and wear a mask. There you go. Take care, guys. All right.